0: go back. and that is our review of the 2000 movie memento let us know what you remember about memento some of your reactions on twitter and instagram in both places we are at flashback flicks and please leave us a review if you remember uh on itunes it really helps to show out we have like a couple of awesome reviews especially new ones from this year so i really appreciate you all leaving it so um leave us a review on a scale of one to five um tattoo reminders Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. what you thought of this review yeah
1: or on a scale of one to ten rooms that the motel manager has
0: rented (laughs) out to you (laughs) Uh, so that's it for this episode, but be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. And until then, remember to be kind and rewind.
2: We have to go back.
0: Oh, good. I'm glad we were able to get those in. Just under the wire. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So now we're going to go into our final segment of the podcast where we give you our reasons to recommend. So, Grayson, why would you recommend the 2000 movie Memento? In a word,
1: structure. There's a lot of great performances here. There's a lot of interesting choices that are made, uh, both cinematography and lighting and color and all that. But to me, the structure of this movie is what makes it magical, really, that you're able to connect these two ends and telling a story in a way that represents the perspective of the main character. Because the the motel manager calls it out. He was like, oh, you wouldn't know what you just did, but you have an idea of where you're going and that's how we experience with Leonard. So to figure out like, how can we make that same experience for the audience? It's it's a a special thing. And that's why I recommend watching it.
0: Oh, totally. Yeah. I think the really cool thing about this movie, especially for like rewatching it is that there are so many details and so much headcanon, especially to be had with this movie. Um, But even without those things, this movie is such a tight story with so many setups and payoffs. And like, I think it's a really great way to set up a mystery. I love mm. mystery films where you just like have to, like you're trying to solve a case along with like whatever else is happening. And you look for these subtle details and I just love how the mystery in the movie, um, Is like a more of a why done it than a who done it because, like, you just open up straight out the gate, like, okay, great. Leonard shoots Teddy. Now, why? How did we get here? And it's just all about the journey. It's 100% about the journey and like finding out character motivations and different things like that that just really make it a very solid story. Um, So, yeah, again, like you said, structure and also, just the rewatch value is so much fun because there's so many different ways to watch this movie from mm-hmm. multiple vantage points. Oh. Um, and you, um, you really just get to theorize about like what happened. like even after you know almost it'll be, in a couple of years it will be like 20 years since the movie came out. Like, it still holds up. Uh, yeah. and I don't think, with the exception of like certain details, um, it, it's really a timeless movie. Hmm. um even him just like taking polaroids and having a physical copy still works because he can he just like has to hold on to it so yeah i just thought it was great and all of those levels
2: we have to go back
0: oh my gosh Grayson i would be remiss i would be remiss as a christopher nolan fan if i didn't bring up the idea of mementos And totems and dreams. What do you got? The way that they describe dreams, it's just like, hey, do you remember how you got here? It's like, oh, no. Um, Oh,
1: yeah, you're so right. I would think that the totem is the tattoos. That in real life, when he's awake, he doesn't have any tattoos. But when he looks down, he sees the Remember Sammy Jenkins on his hand. And that's the totem. Because that's the one that he touches the most. He keeps trying to wash that off. Um, similar to how Cobb stands at the sink in Inception and is spinning the top uh, over and over again. But we could go on a whole tangent about Cobb's totem, but that movie's too recent to be on this podcast. Yes. (laughs) So I say nay, good sir.
2: (laughs) We have to go back!
1: Ricky, I would be remiss in... (laughs) My duties as a headcanon provider, I forgot to mention this earlier, my final piece of headcanon, Steven Toborowski from Groundhog Day, it's all in his mind. Ooh. That the reason he can't create new memories is because he's still living the same day over and over and over again.
0: Wow! Yeah, I could believe. I completely forgot about that. Yes, you're right.
1: Just leaves those gaps in the memories. Like, how can you develop new memories if you're resetting the day over and over?
0: Yep. Yeah. Anyway,
1: I felt like I had to get that off my chest because it was in my notes here, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, we blew right past it," and I totally forgot.
0: Perfect. Love
1: it. That was my memento.
2: (laughs) Ah. We have to go back.
0: Any other kind of segment before we go into the last one? Uh,
1: I, I saw on IMDb that an alternate name for this movie was Amnesia. If you had an alternate name for this movie, what ah.
0: what would you call it? Because ah. Memento
1: is such a great name. Like it yeah. rolls off the tongue.
0: Oh, man. That's something that I never picked up. My wife picked up on this. She said, so is the Memento the photo? I'm just like, I've never, not once did I ever think of like what the memento was. I thought it was the sponsor <laughs> mementos. mementos, the fresh maker. Uh, no, I never thought of that. Because uh, I think like the photo is the memento. The pictures that he keeps in his pockets are the ones that like helps him to like really orient um, his life and just like okay, this is my car or this is where I'm staying. Like he has like physical Polaroid mementos um hmm. as well as like the, cause I thought the tattoos I just thought it was a cool name originally um but to yeah. answer your question I think another second take title would be um like breadcrumbs or something like that uh um, oh. or something like cuz he is following a trail or even just like trail trailed off or trail off or something hmm. something sleuthy just to like um Talk more, lead more to like the mystery that he is on. I didn't realize this um, because I was making the thumbnail for the movie. Check out one of the things that is like the taglines for the movie. It said some memories are best forgotten. It's great. It's a great line. I'm just like, I didn't realize that. That's great. But like, I think uh, either forgotten would also be good or just like, um, don't forget. Yeah. Or just like, remember, or like, yeah, something to do with memory. Ooh, short term. That's it. Short term,
1: long journey. Medium, short size. <laughs> I think if I renamed it, it would be Tat to the Future. I think uh, it just covers multiple levels of what yeah. this film is trying to do. Yeah.
0: That is <sighs> wonderful.
2: Yeah. We have to go back!
0: And uh, I know usually we do recuts. Um, I think an interesting way to recut this movie isn't just to show it in chronological order, but to just shift the perspective of the characters. Um, uh. so basically you just recut the movie just to start from a uh, Trinity's perspective, like all the scenes with Trinity and then all the scenes with Teddy and then all the scenes with Leonard
1: it'd be kind of like vantage point yes starring matthew fox <laughs> that'd be good uh i would love to see this as a video game oh yes could be really interesting and satisfying and like choosing which pieces of evidence are tattooed on your body and like how that affects what you remember later could be some seriously satisfying gameplay
0: Oh, totally. Yeah, I... Man, like, what if you could just, like, start from scratch? Like, you decide, like, what tattoos to get. Um, And then, like, by the end of it, you're just like... It's like, oh, this is the guy. What do you want to do? Just like, kill him. And then it's just like, okay, great. And so then you start over. And then it's like, oh, wait, I thought I did it. And so then, like, you just, like, completely start over. She's like, oh, you found the guy. She's like, okay, great, kill him. And then, like, it just keeps on... Happening and then in terms of just like you killed 28 people. <laughs> what? Now, that'd be yeah. really great. Yeah, no, I think we're done there.
2: We have to go back.
0: Now we're going to go into the part of the show where we talk about recasts, remakes, and recuts. Um, if this movie were to be remade today, what would the cast be and how would the story be told? Uh, so we're, we're going to do things a little bit different. We're going to just like collectively decide on. What our cast would be for this four person cast? So yeah,
1: not a lot of people.
0: Yeah, um, I think the person who I love Guy Pierce um, in this mm-hmm. role. And I think he did a really good job. Yep. Um, just because he does a great job at being confused, uh, Keanu Reeves I'm like whoa. Um, but if it were to be made today, you know who I would really want. Um, who's, who's that? Is uh the guy. Ah, uh, what? Maxwell Green? Max Greenfield? what did I say?
1: Maxwell Green, who I think is a character from Clue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Max Greenfield would be good.
0: Yeah, I think he would do really, really well in, like, a remake. Yeah, I was thinking uh,
1: I'll submit James Franco or Tom Cruise from Collateral because of the suit. <laughs> I've seen that suit, But Max Greenfield would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. for uh Trinity, for Carrie Ann Moss's character, um, I would uh suggest Aubrey Plaza.
0: Ooh, nice. Yeah, I know she'd do well. She'd do really well on that. I would almost love to see um Charlie Theron, Or Charlie Theron. I think she would oh, be a great a yeah. uh, great bat character for Teddy. Mm-hmm. None other than um, J. Jonah Jameson himself.
1: Oh, J.K. Simmons? J.K.
0: Simmons. That would be good.
1: Although I feel like he is so authoritative, Leonard would instantly listen to him. No, yeah,
0: here. Uh, I got it. I'm listening.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally, man. Mine um, my, my bad. I didn't know I already killed the guy. That's, uh, <laughs> All right, you got it. Cool, whatever. whatever All right, let's need. go get some coffee, I guess. Or do we already have coffee? Yeah. I don't know.
0: <laughs> no, that'd be great.
1: I mean, I for for the motel manager, I gotta say Hurley from Lost.
0: <laughs> oh man, okay. So, gosh, uh, what was the actor who played Jack in Lost? Oh,
1: uh, Matt Shepherd. Yes. No, Jack Shepherd was the character. It's Matt. N- nope. Fox. Foxes yeah. are the enemy of the Shepherd.
0: That's why that <laughs> show was so
1: deep because the cast names also.
0: Connected, you yeah, were saying it's a, it's a tell, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. him, I think he would be a great um Leonard as well. Um, but I think, mm-hmm. I think sticking with um, who was your first choice again?
1: Oh, James Franco,
0: yeah. No, I think James Franco would do great. And then I think he just
1: plays confused really well. He does,
0: yeah, him. And then we have for Teddy, uh, JK Simmons, mm-hmm. and then for Trinity, we have um. Charlie Charlie's there, and, yeah. yeah, I think that's a solid rebate.
1: Yeah. I'd cast it, and then Motel Guy uh, Hurley from March. Yeah
0: Hurley, and uh. then
1: Dodd can be uh, whoever's like Craft Services that day. <laughs> Just put some duct tape on his mouth and tell <laughs> him to run.
2: We have to go back.
0: All right, now it's time to dive into some headcanon headcanon (laughs) Uh, headcanon is a part of the show where we share with you our unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film now this i had this idea of headcanon um with the idea that like wow this movie is really tragic and lenny has all the makings of a batman villain I'm right um, there with you, man. And uh, I had to give uh, proper credit to Scott, who actually gave me this little bit of information that tied it in even closer. Um, so remember that um, Lenny is looking for a John G, right? Or yep. like a John or a James G. James G. G-
1: Gordon. Yep.
0: Uh-huh. Oh, Who has man. the
1: mustache and the glasses to match.
0: Oh, uh, so he and like... the fa- windbreaker. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like he... Oh, man, I just, I love that. But, yeah, he, basically, he is, like, a Zazz, um, except um, different M.O.s that he is, he really believes himself to be a good guy. He just, like, goes around committing all these crimes. Um, and, like, Batman, as he's investigating him, he's just, like, he keeps on finding all these people with the initials of um, J.G. But he starts solving this mystery, and ultimately he comes to, um like he, ha- like Batman, has to save James Gordon um, from getting like unfairly murdered by Lenny. Who so, who who is Batman in this scenario? Batman is just like a bystanding detective. Like, so basically, this is like a prequel to a case that happens in between Batman Begins and Dark Knight. So, imagine in the Nolan verse. Um, mm-hmm. So, Batman Begins happens, and then they say, "Hey, there's a guy." named the Joker, but, like, between Batman Begins and Dark Knight, like, there's some passage of time. Like, Batman is pretty well established, and other people, there's enough for, like, copycat heroes to be popping up. So Batman would just be a detective, just a regular detective. But, like, Lenny is a villain in um, Arkham, who is um, much like all the tragic Batman villains have like some kind of psychotic break and ultimately ends up in Arkham Asylum.
1: Yeah. So I I was right there with you on the, the James Gordon, John G even to the point where if you look at Batman begins, Gordon's partner is the motel uh, manager. Like it's the same actor.
0: (laughs) You're right.
1: So it could be a sting operation that's set up. Um, It's, it's odd that it seems like Gordon is the dirty cop unless they are actually like working in cahoots. It is interesting too that Teddy is using Lenny like a vigilante to wipe people out just like the commissioner does. But the uh, the interesting thing to me was I was looking into instances in the DC universe where people forgot who they were. And it happened in a series called Mind Wipes this could be a mind-wipe situation um, where possibly these are the Batman characters. They just don't know that they are.
0: Ooh, interesting.
1: Um, and so the, the thing I couldn't really get down to... Because I, I do believe that Teddy would have to be Commissioner Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, he just doesn't remember who he is or anything like that. But he's close. Uh, the thing that I kept toying around with, though, is who is Leonard? Like, who would he be? And I know you mentioned Zaz before because um, of the, the markings. Um, I also noticed he doesn't really miss when he shoots people. So it could be Deadshot. Um, and then he has the tattoos just like Deadshot. Uh, it could be the Riddler because at some point, Teddy makes the comment like, you've constructed a puzzle that's impossible to solve. Yeah. Um. And that's what he lives for. He just wants to put these pieces together, which is like a very Riddler-type thing. Yeah. Um, or, if you look at the new Joker, there's a lot of similarities in the tattoos. Mm. Uh, to where they, they could be just a mind-wipe version of each other.
0: Interesting. That's really good. Uh, that's yeah. all the had, Can I had. Ken, I had. Um, that's all I had, yeah. Amazing job, by the way. That's just top-notch.
2: We have to go back! <laughs>
0: Yeah. just like, oh, that's so crazy. Um, but yeah, I just think that the movie, it just, ugh, it's just so cool to rewatch, especially if you do know the twist. Um, and just like, if you've seen it before, it's worth watching again because because of how it's edited and the pacing of it, like it's hard to like really keep all the details together, which is like how the character like, sees everything in that uh interview with christopher nolan he talks about how he really wanted the viewer to see the story from the perspective of leonard you because you receive the information about the movie the same way that he would receive it so each cut is about like 10 to 15 ish minutes basically and there are over a 100 cuts in the movie like going back and forth yeah right it's just, uh oh, I just, I, I thought that was really, really cool.
2: We have to go back!
0: All right, so now let's go ahead and get into our reactions of the movie. So, Grayson, when was the last time that you saw Memento, if you remember? <laughs> it was probably, uh, judging by the tattoo on my leg,
1: five <laughs> years ago. Uh, no, I, it's it's been not that long. Like, there, there was really nothing that surprised me. Rewatching it, it was pretty much as I remembered. Uh, I think the only thing that really stood out was just how dynamic the forward, like the black and white scenes were. Like, I didn't remember those being as well crafted as they were. Um, I just didn't pay as close attention to them. So, watching how the forward and the backward work together and really focusing on the transition uh, from black and white to color stood out to me. So, I I first saw this movie probably a couple years after it first came out. I was in high school and when I saw it it was the coolest thing I had ever <laughs> seen. Blew my mind. I was like I, I I was evangelizing Memento to everybody. Like have you seen Memento? You got to see Memento. Like I I just thought it, I thought it was amazing and that uh really kind of blew the doors off of what I considered what could be done with story and just picking and choosing what you want the audience to perceive about a character so um it it wasn't that long ago that i saw it but it's been in my life for close to probably 15 years now
0: oh wow yeah i this is the first time so i have this problem it's a condition really um (laughs) where i buy movies that are, like, very well-known movies that, like, should be seen. Um, and I buy them, and I put them on my uh, my my shelf of DVDs, and I don't watch it. I just own it just to prove that I know movies. Um, <laughs> and Memento is one of those movies. Still in the plastic, actually. Um, but uh, I think about maybe two years ago, before we actually started the podcast... I like I say, oh, Memento, I think it just got on Netflix for the first time. I'm going to finally watch this because I own this movie and I haven't watched it. And when I watch it, I'm just like, oh, oh, I see what everyone's been talking about. This is so cool. And this was the first time that I watched it knowing, um, like, not even how it ends, but just knowing the why done it. And uh, I watched it with my wife and she's like, oh, yeah, this is a really cool movie. But like, what happened to the wife though? I'm just like, who, who knows? Uh, and it, and the thing that I didn't pick up last time was I didn't pick up the whole Trinity storyline. I'm gonna call her Trinity. Uh, that's not her name. Uh, <laughs> but carry on, carry on, Moss's character. Um, I didn't realize that like Jimmy, the guy yeah. who he kills, yeah, is her boyfriend. And that. Right. She was using him to get to Teddy. Well, and that Teddy
1: is using Lenny or Leonard to like wipe out little lives in different cities. Yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I was just like, that's just so interesting. Cause like, it, like Teddy said, like, and eh, she's probably going to use you to get to me. And it's just like, oh, both of you guys had an idea. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they like started like using. Lenny and a way to like reach their own means. And it was just super interesting to watch. Like when she's like, Hey, look who I found. And then it's just like, Oh, he well, He is a John G. I'm just like, Oh, like, did she, like, I, I could I forgot some details. I'm like, Oh, did she like fake the documents? And then he's like, Hey man, even I'm a John G. I'm just like, Oh, well, that's unfortunate. Hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just so it was I I think the thing that I realized the most is just like how sad of a story uh
1: this is. Did you remember that he had already killed the person when you were watching through it? Trinity's boyfriend or Teddy? I guess both. That well, No, not n- neither. <laughs> I guess neither. <laughs> um that he had already killed the person
0: that assaulted his wife. No, I forgot that. I completely forgot yeah. that. I'm just like, "Oh, Man, like that, oh yeah, that's the biggest, like that's, like that's the Shakespeareic part of this thing. It's just like, he already got the guy. And he like, like that's the and the picture of him happy was like him pointing the ta- pointing to the tattoo of him saying, I did it.
2: We have to go back!
0: So there's that. Another interesting thing is that Christopher Nolan wanted to make this movie nonlinear because of his sociological theory about pizza delivery. Um, In an interview from the LA times, um, he said, I think that film narrative has been held back by television. It comes down to what I call the pizza delivery scenario. If a pizza arrives while you're watching TV, you have to answer the door deal with the man and then be able to get straight back into the story. Having missed three or four minutes. With Memento, on the other hand, if you come in three minutes late, you miss the whole movie. Uh, and so he's just basically describing those millennials and their TVs and pizzas. Uh, and just like how he really thinks that it's important to have this uninterrupted experience with a feature film. Um, I think so he that- just needs to switch
1: pizza providers. <laughs>
0: Three to four minutes to pick up and pay for a pizza?
1: Yeah, there are certain apps where you can use where they
0: just hand it to you and it's all taken care of. Uh so those are the fun facts about the movie. We have to go
2: back.
1: I feel like Steven Tolowski has always looked the same age. Yes. It's pretty incredible.
0: Yeah. All he does is just repeat the same routine every single day. Oh man, we're just living in his world. <laughs> uh but yeah, so he uh he he like from experience kind of talked about how right it was. Like so a lot of people think that this movie um had a lot to do with just like all right, we just really want to trip up the audience so that like we can just do a really cool movie. Uh there are two things I want to mention. One, um is there is a, like, 18-minute documentary, um, or I say as a documentary. It's just, like, an interview with Christopher Nolan as he is explaining how the movie is told. Because there's this common misconception that, like, oh, yeah, the movie's told in reverse. Um, you it's start not, with,
1: yeah, it's not just reverse, right?
0: Right. Yeah, it's, like, reverse and forward at the same time. And I'm going to do my best to explain this uh <laughs> verbally, because it's very visual. So you have all the black and white scenes, which are shown in chronological order. Um, But then you have the scenes that are in color, which are told in reverse, but basically the black and white scenes and the color scenes meet in the middle at the end. So the end of the movie is actually the middle of the story. And so you just get the information intercut between the color scenes that are scenes shown backwards and the black and white scenes that are shown in chronological order but intercut in between the color scenes. So to
1: make matters even more interesting, you then have flashbacks within the black and white scenes.
0: Right. Which when go back thinking, even yeah. further. And then he even points out, Christopher Nolan points out that there is like this gap of time that we just don't see because we see what happens before the incident with him being an insurance um, investigator and then him being at the hotel on the phone with someone. But we don't know what happened in between then. And that that's what makes for a lot of the great story and the mystery in the movie.
2: We have to go back.
0: So, the movie was made on a budget of $9 million, and after its full run in theaters, it made $25 million in the US box office and was really praised by a lot of um, people in the medical profession. They say that Memento is the most realistic depiction of memory loss disorders. Um, and people who, um, and representatives from the National Institute of Mental Health actually deemed the movie close to a perfection exploration of the neurobiology of memory.
1: That's really surprising to me. Right? Yeah. Cause it seems fairly
0: far-fetched. Right? But like, that's a real thing. And in fact, uh, Stephen Toblowski,
1: Ned? Ned Ryerson? That guy that makes gold in season two of Heroes? <laughs>
0: Uh him. Um, He actually had a form of amnesia that was a side effect of one of the drugs that he was taking after a uh, surgery that he had taken. And he also improvised almost all of his lines because like very little was, you know, like said for his character. Mm-hmm. So his reaction to, you know, taking the different studies and tests and things like that were all all from the mind of Ned Ryerson. Another ah. movie featuring someone who has to repeat the same information? Oh, straight to the top. We
2: have to go back.
0: Um, so speaking of the cast, now Guy Pierce is a great choice for uh Leonard, I believe. Uh, but however, he was not the first choice. Uh oh. the first choice. Are you ready for this, Grayson? Yep. Was Alec Baldwin. Oh. Can you imagine this movie with Alec
1: Baldwin? Oh, A-Ball himself. <laughs> I feel like he would be much more um, agitated if portrayed by Alec Baldwin.
0: You see, I have this condition, Lemon. A condition that requires me to wear a tuxedo at 4 p.m. Because what am I, a farmer? Of course I shave my thighs. i a barbarian. <laughs> Have to go back. Um, but the production of the movie actually just took twenty-five days, like just shy of a month. Um, and Carrie Ann Moss's scenes were just shot in eight days. Wow. Yeah, yeah. She was cast because she uh had most recently been portrayed as Trinity in The Matrix, and um they were like, Hey, Carrie Ann Moss. What you up to? Hopefully not two more movies, because we want you to be in this one. And they're like, hey, Joe Pantoliano,
1: also from The Matrix. We all saw what happened to you. You got nothing lined up. Come (laughs) on, we already got Carrie and Moss.
0: Yep. And that's how casting works.
2: (laughs) We have to go back.
0: So, Memento follows leonard who is played by guy pierce and leonard is tracking down the man um who murdered his wife and the difficulty however of locating his wife's killer is due to the fact that he suffers from a rare untreatable form of memory loss called uh what retrograde amnesia i believe it yeah (laughs) sounds real although he can recall details of his life before his incident leonard cannot remember what happened 15 minutes ago where he is going or why. So he uses different devices like writing notes to himself and getting like important information tattooed to his body. And that's the premise of the movie. Where did this story come from? I'm glad you asked, Grayson. So this story originally came from um, Christopher Nolan's uh, brother who wrote this film as a short film, actually.
1: Oh, Jonathan Nolan.
0: Yeah, old, old Johnny Nolan. Jono Noel. himself. Jono. <laughs> Jono. Don't you Jono um, So this is actually really interesting. The short story that it was based on was not officially published until after the movie was released. Um, so way back in the summer of 1996 like all great John Hughes films, uh, Christopher Nolan set off from his Chicago home on a 2,000-mile drive uh, toward his new life in Los Angeles with his 20-year-old brother, uh, Jonathan Nolan. And so, in lieu of a license plate game, the Nolan boys pass the time by chatting about potential creative projects, and notably Jonathan's idea for a film about a man with anterograde amnesia. Um, Um, And so that's originally the idea. And then... Nolan's like, hey, baby bro, what's that movie you were talking about? I'm gonna make it. He's like, okay, sure, let me just wrap a treatment. Cool. Um, we're gonna be done with this in a little less than a month, so uh, get it published. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that's how the movie originally came about, and uh, and so then, um, you can actually read the full short story treatment. Um, it was published in Esquire magazine a while back, and you can find that online. We will leave a link in the show notes for you to read it. It's actually really interesting.
2: We have to go back! Uh,
0: yes, and this movie is most famously known by being directed by Mr. Dark Knight himself, Christopher Nolan. Uh, and this is one of his first like, commercially successful films, and it was... Uh, yeah, so you'll be hearing more about that connection later on. But on the off chance that you have not seen Memento and you're still listening after our warning, we'll at the very least give you a little bit of uh, a synopsis of the
2: movie. We have to go back.
0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Flashback Flix Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And today we are reviewing the 2000 2000- uh s- moves how, how do i categorize this movie
1: i'd say it's a thriller
0: yeah thriller i was yeah i was gonna go like psychological mind bend it is
1: a psychological mind bend. yeah
0: i think it's officially categorized as a crime film slash drama film so yeah we're reviewing a memento oh uh, yeah <laughs>
1: Well, I think we should start off by saying there will definitely be spoilers in this.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, we don't usually do uh, spoiler alerts. Yeah, um, and so
1: if you haven't seen Memento, you should just turn off the podcast now.
0: Yeah.